Welcome to the Painter Files podcast. Hola, Gilares. How are you? I hope you're well. I'm Jaws Blake. You all know this. You've been listening to this show for about 140 episodes at this point. So, hi. <laughs> uh, for those who don't know, this is kind of like an anthology podcast, a biography, if you will, of my life as a painter and all the kind of lessons and stuff that I've learned throughout my life. So, let's get started. Hmm. So, quick check-in. Uh, Alex good. The cats are good. Uh, they are going to have the vote tomorrow where they're going to raise all of our stuff to a unfathomable amount of money. Uh, we do have a backup plan that will reverse all of that very soon, at least for a while. So, preferably, that will go into effect uh, I don't imagine they listen to my podcast, but if they do, I don't want to tell them exactly what we're going to do, but we are definitely going to do that. And that will no longer be an issue, at least for the immediate future. And we've painted and we've put up all the new carpet or put down the new carpet and all that stuff. So we're about ready to put it on the market so we can sell our place and then move to the next thing. Uh, I do want to say that the Painter Files podcast official stance is we are anti the Supreme Court uh, return uh, revoking Roe versus Wade. Like that is my official stance. I will never change that. I think the choice to decide how to live your life should be yours and always has been. So I know that's not. It shouldn't be controversial to say a woman's right to make that decision should be hers. But I know in some cases that probably will be. Some people may not like that, but that's fine. I, I'm not worried about those people. I want all my listeners and my listeners, friends and family and coworkers and everyone else to know that, you know, I, I stand beside them. And I want them to be able to have the choice over their lives of what's going on. Uh, I'm also slightly terrified because another mass shooting happened where a guy wrote the N-word on a gun, went into a grocery store, and just killed a bunch of black people. And he's a white supremacist. So another thing to look forward to in my day-to-day life that people are doing that shit again. Poof. What a day. We just got to figure out a way to just make peace and stay that way. I don't think it's us as a people. I don't think the peaceful people as a people are the ones who have this problem. I really feel like it's the violent people who need to grow up and stop being this way. Wild stance right now. Wild stance. All right, Galeras. So, uh, art-wise, I finished that sketchbook. I've been working on a bunch of editing of art videos. I've got all these kind of cool plans that I've been trying to work out, just being able to plan them. I think for a long time I've been kind of ridiculous, I guess, in a way, of just trying to be spontaneous with everything. And it is and it isn't me in a lot of ways. I think most of the time I made a lot of art throughout my life where I wanted to do certain things and have certain results. And I've, I've had them in my brain and then connecting them to my hands 
and the things that I put out into the world are oftentimes like a really big thing that I do. But it took me a long time to get to that point. Like it was not something that just happened organically or naturally. It was definitely something cultivated that I really, really worked at and made sure that it would be the way it was. Like you, you have to understand like there was a certain amount of studying and practice and all that stuff that comes into effect that makes an artist have the ability to listen to the inner voice, to put a picture, to put a physical picture into their brain of all the things that have been going on and make them physical. Like it just didn't happen. Definitely just didn't happen overnight. Not at all. Uh, drink some water, by the way, Galanis. It's a hot day. I found these. <coughs> Excuse me. I found these uh, cold tea bag, uh, ice ice tea bag tea bags uh, at the grocery store. So I'm very excited about that because I love the taste of these things. But I, I oftentimes, you know, I want my water to have a little bit more zest to it. So this is kind of an exciting chance for me. <laughs> I know that sounds silly, but it's sometimes it's the little things you do that really kind of make make uh, a situation more exciting so silliness 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 um i've been doing a lot of printmaking recently actually i've been using my old prints my old block prints and stuff like that and using them to make prints to fill up the excess pages on my sketchbooks because i hate blank pages but i also hate just putting things there that don't really feel complete so with these, I feel very happy with them. I did like my Nintendo Switch ones. I did my Galeras, my Genchis, my crowns, everything. My skulls, all that stuff. Eyes, crows, etc. It's It's interesting. There's that art that kind of just rushes through your brain and gives you like this, like a, uh, what is it? A dopamine hit just like boom and you're flying and I feel like I'm always trying to kind of get to that point where I'm chasing that proverbial dragon if you will I'm just kind of closing my eyes and looking into looking deep deep in and seeing this whole cityscape and then over it this yellow light with a set of eyes it looks like a giant cobra and it's just expanding and that's what it feels like for me with art. It's this thing poking over, peeking over everything else that's going on. That's like, hey, we should get started. <laughs> so, yeah, it's been really beautiful, though. I mean, I'm still learning a lot about Procreate and how to, like, make animations and, like, decals and put in all types of stuff that's kind of giving the idea of what I'm working on, what I want to be working on, what I am working on, how I'd like to be working on things. And I feel like I'm getting there. I really do. I've been studying a lot of like Salvador Dali's kind of way that he mixed a lot of medias and like imagery to kind of get ideas. A lot of Basquiat, a lot of Kahlo, a lot of, I read this cool article about Frida Kahlo where she, her last meal she had that day was two shots of tequila, a a loaf of bread, 
some baked oven cheese, some oven baked cheese, and then two quartered lemons. I'm not really sure what you do with the quartered lemons. I guess that would probably be for the tequila. I had this idea that like she squeezed it on the bread or on the cheese or something, but I guess tequila would make more sense because <laughs> it's like a shot, so it's type of thing. But it was just, I don't know, it made my imagination just kind of run wild. Like what would that be? How would that look? What would my last great meal that someone wrote about me in an article, as far as an artist go, what what could that be? What would that look like? How would that feel? What paintbrush would I hold? <laughs> it's kind of funny. I have this one big flat paintbrush I call Godolfo. And Godolfo is just this like horsehair brush that's a square brush. But it's like, it's got to be at least maybe about two inches long or two inches wide. There you go. Uh, with a wooden handle, a flat wooden handle, like a like a brush you do you do your shoes with. And I love that thing. Like it's just it's got so much like shoulder energy and like elbow energy to it that you just kind of really rub in and scrub in whatever color or ink or anything that you want to do. And I really love that. Like I keep thinking about getting another one because I use it for watercolors right now. Uh, I would love to use it for ink also, but I feel like once I've made it an ink brush, like it's kind of stained as an ink brush. You can't really, even if you wash your brushes, which I do recommend you do. Um, there's once they become ink brushes, they're kind of always going to be ink brushes. Like there's there's such a a long amount of residue that stays on them that it's just it's just necessary. It's what happens. It's part of its life cycle now. You know, it's not like a snake. It doesn't shed its skin and then become something new. It just is at that point. It just is. Hmm. 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 So I definitely need to do that. I'm actually going to look, look, look and see where it would go because I don't know even where I would get that. I don't remember where I got him, to be completely honest. I keep daydreaming about the blue house that Frida Kahlo had. Like, she has a house in Mexico that was hers. And it was just this giant blue tower. And it was just really beautiful. And I keep thinking, like, what would I want that was like that? Would I want yellow? Would I want green? And I thought about it, and I was like, like a dark emerald green or jade green would be amazing. As far as, like, like tiles and all that stuff. A studio of tiled of of green everywhere just seems so magical. Green tools, green desk, green painted wood, green tiled objects like pink trays and stuff, cups, saucers. I like the idea. It will be mine one day. I reassure you, it will be mine. So, I thought about it this week. I really did. About this year, this week's, like, art school study story. <laughs> Can't talk today. This art school story, what it should be. And I thought about it long enough. 
and I want to tell you the story of Hellcore. Hellcore was this book that I wrote as a college dropout. <laughs> and it was about this guy who had like this tumultuous love story, like pit fighter comic type of thing that I wanted to do. And it was just this like story of this guy who was like a fighter. He was like a underground fighter because that's what I was into at the time. And he was just kind of earning money. He was like fighting in like little clubs and like railroad station type of things. And he would just do it to earn money. And then he would like live off of that money in a big, in a beat up pickup truck in a little tiny apartment like Shaq. He falls in love with this ring girl and he makes friends with her friends and then he falls in love with this girl and, and I like all tragedies because I was a mopey kid. <laughs> kind of a mopey kid now. Um, she dies. They get really drunk and they go play in the ocean and she drowns. And then he's just a wreck because he was a wreck before and he's a wreck now. And he gets arrested by the police because they try to take her away and he's, you know, just belligerent. I didn't think of it as belligerent at the time, but belligerent. And he goes to jail for striking a police officer because he's so distraught by his his then wife dying. And then he goes to jail. Uh, he's kind of like a YouTube, an internet sensation as far as fighting and stuff goes. So the warden's got like a fighting thing going. So he's got him fighting other prisoners. And then eventually the police, the I think it's like somebody finds out. I don't remember. And it all gets shut down. His charges get dropped. And he goes to be with his friend Robert. And... His friend Robert has this girl, has his has a wife and a kid now, and he's having such a great time. But he's sustained all these injuries throughout his life, and one of them, he's you know he's had surgeries and stuff like that. We're uh, not Robert, the main character, and the stitches rip on the inside, and he eventually kind of succumbs to an infection, and that's basically the end of the story. Like he's really happy, but he knows. He's just, he's too beat up now at this point. He's treated himself so poorly that everything kind of falls about. And I remember wanting to make it into like a an illustrated novel. It's kind of like, I think I was watching Fight Club a lot. And I'd read Fight Club, the book and all that stuff. And I wanted to tell like my story of how these things felt. Because I knew people growing up who, you know, they fought for money. That's what they did. It was a weird like kind of underground fight thing because it really existed it was kind of strange i remember when i when i found out about it i was deeply surprised that it was such a common thing that happened in a lot of places just bar fights and people making bets on them in back of parking lots and all that stuff and it was just so kind of interesting to draw and illustrate this idea of this story of like these people who were just basically trying to make it and you know this was their way they figured they could live their lives and 
travel the world and travel this up and down the East Coast and all this very Kerouac, you know, type of thing. Very Dharma bums, but with fists. And yeah, it was interesting. It was really interesting because not only had I like done all that, my friend at the time's girlfriend was helping me edit it so that I could start drawing things up and making things. And it was basically like a screenplay or a, a script. And I remember dating this one girl and I started drawing out all the characters and like I drew the guy, the main character I did, he had a, he, his body was only tattooed on the left side of his body. So like his chest, his ear, his neck, his arms, his butt, his legs, his feet, his hand. And I made him, uh, I made him Korean. I remember that. And the girl was this redhead with, like, big eyes that I chose to draw her as. Because, like, in the story, he saw her. I want to say he saw her while he was fighting, and she was, like, a ring girl. And he had blood in his eye. And he he imagined her hair to be red because everything was red. And I think her hair was blonde in actuality. And it was just, like, a weird little kind of thing I kept thinking about how I could illustration wise how I could make everything kind of go the way it was it was a very game of death like Bruce Lee type of thing and uh, yeah but I remember I was dating this girl and she got really upset with me because she thought I should draw her as the main character and I was like but I'm not the main character so why would you be the main characters person like that's doesn't make sense uh it was very just strange it was like strange to see like i worked on this for like five six years and it was just very very strange to see like all these random people who when they read it assumed they were the character in the story type of thing even though it was like written way before i had met anybody or anything of that nature it was such like a weird little like you don't expect people to get so offended or attached to it because I wasn't that attached to it. I would draw it like periodically throughout everything and try and work on these projects and see all these things like people who've known me forever have known like I've had lots of projects that have kind of started and stopped with a lot of hype and a lot of hoopla and I start to do them and then I'd pull back because I'd hit like kind of a roadblock or I'd need to work on something else and then I wouldn't come back to it because there's there's been a lot of <laughs> a lot of books and projects and stuff that just never never are going to be finished they're just they will be this thing that is a weird page of my life about everything and Hellcore is one of them more water it's just this very it's a very interesting thing it's not you never expect like that will be that like your artistic endeavors would be romanticized via other people and then personalized via other people but i mean that was kind of art art had this very a very young me a very early 20s young me had this very specific idea of what 
I wanted to make and do. And it always seemed strange to me that that was such a, a strong pull for other people. Like they love the ideas of it, but then like, I don't know. It's that hard part about sharing these objects and these ideas, these objectives and these ideas. Because for every big piece you ever put a lot of work into, like there's at least one of them on occasion that doesn't really come out of it, doesn't really come into anything. It's not to be said that like they're not, they're not loved or they're not nourished or anything of that nature, but they're definitely one of these cases where your eyes are bigger than your stomach, I guess is probably the best way to describe it. You cannot guarantee that every attempt you make will be the biggest and best objective you've ever had. And that's okay. I mean, it's just kind of how it works, to be completely honest. You will never... You will never run across, like, this kind of perfect moment where nothing is tangible everything can happen and can be touched and can grow and can become these things and so on and so forth but you're not you're not promised that the hard work becomes a finished piece there are a lot of paintings I have that are just kind of their works in motion I may come back to them in five six years I might change a thing I might do all these I have this giant beast of a painting that I did in acrylics of a belly dancer it's this huge painting that I did. And I look at it sometimes and I still think of things that I might fix on it. And I might just put it back down and fix it and work on some more pieces. I think the only part that would be weird about it now would be my paint style is so different. It might not look uh, equal the way it goes. But that's okay. Art is this ever-going journey where you make work and then you see how how it really works in the long run how logistically it becomes these great and magnificent pieces i guess we'll see in the long run what happens I want to give a special shout out, as always, to the great and wonderful people at Yasutomi Inc. And also my amazing friend, Netararu, at Artisan Wellness Project. If you ever have any type of ailments or any type of relaxing things that you really like to get into, he's amazing. And if you love ink and paint and workable tools and brushes and all these things like Yasutomi is where you should go uh, I'll have links to both in the description so as a favor to me please go check them out I feel a little stuffy today it's all the painting and dust and stuff but I definitely want to do a meditation with you if you allow me. That would be great. Should we start? Cool. Work on your breathing. 
So I've been having a lot of pain in my neck and in my shoulders and in my back. Uh, some people joke that it's just that I'm getting older. Um, in actuality, I've just always had issues with them. Uh, but, you know, I'm sure age is probably not helping to some extent. So I guess you're right on that. But I've been working on doing all these stretching exercises. And while doing that, my, my mind has kind of opened up a lot. So I'd like to share that with you. I want you to close your eyes. Take your arms, put them up in the air, and then cross your arms so that your hands are on your elbows and your arms are basically folded on top of your head. Straighten your back and breathe. Feel that stretch. Give yourself a little turn to one side. Not too far, just enough. Another side. Not too far, just enough. Lean back a little bit, not too far, just enough, lean forward, not too far, just enough, sit back up straight, let go of your elbows with your hands, put your hands by your side, so when I breathe, And I let my body just kind of stretch and relax. I see a city in front of me. The silhouette. Behind the silhouette is this bright, blooming sun. As I breathe in, the sun's rays cover the city. As I breathe out, they go back. So that's dusk, dawn and dusk, dawn and dusk. I think today has been an interesting day for me. I... I feel like I'm in the right spot in my life. I mean, it's a little crazy, but I feel like it's not more than what I'm able to handle right now. The the things that are going on, although are out of my control to an extent, are not something that I can't grasp with my mind. I take the negative things, I blow them away. I take in the positive energy. My bare feet on the new carpet. I feel the positivity and the power of the world just charging me. I just let all the other energy out, refilling and filling and filling, overshooting out from my fingertips, my palms and the top of my head, just replenishing the world with energies, good, they're all good. 
I think a lot of times we're kind of like a, a gas tank. We are sometimes we're a little half empty. So you have to refill it. And you'll see there's so much peace to be found in all these things. I want that for you, Galeras. I truly do. So I know this was a bit of a quicker podcast than we normally have, but I felt like I felt like this one was good. You have to sometimes allow yourself to just be in those moments to see that you are happily a part of the places that you need to be in your life and then just go forward. And that's what we're doing. We're just doing that today. We're going to go out into the world and have a great time and find ourselves in the best way possible. And so, my wonderful, wonderful folks, I hope that you see yourself in all the great ways and do all the great things this week. And I will see you next week. If you'd like to support the podcast, please uh, rate, subscribe, and leave a nice comment wherever you listen to the podcast. It always helps just so people can find us and see all the great things. Uh, you can also go to the podcast. You do that. You can also go to the YouTube uh, painter files and check all that out. There's lots of art videos and little shorts and blogs and vlogs and all these things. And that's always amazing. My website is Juaro Blake. Sorry. No, <laughs> my website is jawsblakeblog.com. Uh, everything's in the description, so please go check that out. And I will see you next week, Galeras. I love you. Painter out. Ciao.